Welcome everyone to Female Firesides episode four. I am your host, Emily Brandenburg, owner of EB Design Agency. And this podcast is all about sharing the amazing stories of female entrepreneurs. So thank you so much for being here. Today's guest is Rachel Stravelli, and I'm very excited to have her on. As I say, I know every single time, but every single woman I get so excited to have on. Um, but she is currently in a pivot from her coaching business to um, a spiritual mentor. So welcome, Rachel. I'm very excited to have you on today. How are you doing? Thank you, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. And there's a little part of me that feels the vulnerability of everyone listening, knowing that I'm in a pivot, but I also feel that I'm glad that we're saying it because it's a real part of life. And, you know, at some point, every one of us in the next year or three years or five years, we're going to have to pivot in one way or another. And so sometimes it's good just to say it right out there. We're in the middle of a pivot. That's so amazing. So one thing I do usually at the very beginning, and I'm switching it up on you today. So okay. normally I ask three kind of silly, goofy questions um, to kind of break the ice. But I was thinking, because I have recently started a gratitude practice for my morning. So Mm -hmm. instead of doing like the three silly questions, I thought, what if we started by sharing um, three things that you're thankful for? Mm, okay okay I love this so first thing is I am very grateful for rainbows I have some new rainbow catchers that I just bought that are in the windows and actually later uh by the time this goes out it'll be the next month next month I'm doing a talk in a summit about how I use rainbows for mindfulness so every time I see a rainbow in my room I tell myself remember this is a good day you're having a good day. And it's just like a little uh, refresher. I also have timers on my phone, but those get old after a little while. And, <laughs> and so I just, this is a very new practice for me because I just bought, so there's a rainbow catcher in every room and depending on what time of day, the rainbows are there. And uh, so I love rainbows a lot. They make me feel very happy. That's so-, All right, so that's, that's one, although that could be three for how much I had to say about it. Uh, I, I'm a big gardener, although my garden isn't actually that big right now, but it's a big passion of mine. So fresh flowers, fresh fruit, and just going out there and seeing seeds popping up that makes me joyful and giggly and excited. And let's see, I also, I really like good smells. So whether it's Sometimes in the winter, I might have a diffuser going, or I love to burn incense, or sometimes it, you know, if a cleaning product has a nice smell or a lotion or oil, uh, I really, I I like to have my senses engaged with my life. So that's another thing that I'm grateful for. I love that one. I just pulled out my lavender (laughs) oil roller and put some on. I am the same way. I love smells throughout my day and it like yeah no I I I love that I usually have like a candle Mm -hmm. me too yeah or some some kind of essential oil or just something that just smells amazing I love it yes and I it's funny I lately I've been drinking a lot of coffee and some of the time I think it's just because it's this 
I know in the morning I like it for the caffeine pick me up, but in the afternoon I'm thinking I need to switch to something else. I don't know if it'll be decaf or tea or chai or whatever, but I think it's that smell and that flavor of holding the mug and feeling all cozy. The holding of the mug. It's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, so I will like you will just find me in my kitchen like sniffing my coffee beans. Like (laughs) I'm not drinking because I I love coffee, but I drink so very little of it. Like the tiniest Mm. amount of caffeine does weird things to me, but I love it anyways. And so throughout Mm -hmm. the day, I'll just go out there and just smell the coffee beans. I'm Mm. like, this smells so good. And just having that smell. You've inspired me. Maybe I should have a little coffee bean dish somewhere in my workspace so I can just give it a sniff. (laughs) Okay. So I, I'm trying to think how long we've known each other now. We met through FEA, the female mm-hmm. and we were at, I think one of the networking events yes. last year. I don't remember specifically when it was, but, um, you neither. like you initially stood out to me because I love, I love women's businesses, particularly when they're around like very soulful things. Mm-hmm. struck me as a very soulful person, but I don't know that much about you or how you even got started with your business. So mm-hmm. why don't you start there and talk to us about, you know, when you started your business, what it mm-hmm. was, and how it's changing now and all of the good details. Thank you. Yeah, Emily. Well, it has changed many times. <laughs> and I, uh, so as a child, I'm not one of those people who was very entrepreneurial. I had a lemonade stand once or twice, but I wasn't driven to do that. And if there were fundraisers at school or things like that, I rarely participated. So it wasn't a thing that I even realized I was interested in until I was doing a graduate degree in sustainable agriculture and soil science. And I, my goal at that point was I wanted to work with organic farmers and provide them all the support that I could from the science side. But I also thought if I'm working with a farmer, it would be good for me to know a little bit about the business side because I know that's important. And so I took a business class and it was agricultural business. And I'm even getting chills right now. Just think about it. So, and for me, and I'll probably get to this later too, but when I'm feeling things that are really connected to my soul or my intuition is saying, yes, 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 this is it. I get body sensations of whole body chills. I do. I get the tingles. Yeah. So I'm getting tingly. So this class was incredible. The woman, Colleen, I think Wiseman was her last name. So she was teaching us. It started out just basic business 101 type stuff. And I was sitting in this class thinking, this is business? And I was so shocked because it wasn't what I thought business was. Mm. I I had a very, even though my dad and grandfather had both been uh, businessmen who had self-employed small businesses, they didn't really talk about it a lot with me. And I wasn't interested in running a garage or being a construction carpenter. And that's what they did. So I just never got into what they did. Sure. But, but here I was listening and talking and learning about business every week. Well, a couple of times a week in class and thinking, I cannot believe how excited I am about this. And, and the professor would laugh because also the other thing was I was maybe the only grad student in the class. Everyone else was undergrads. 
I was auditing the class, so I didn't even need it for credit. And I was the most motivated person in class. And the professor kept on saying a few times, she said, I feel like Rachel and I should just go get coffee while the rest of you do your homework and actually come up with something to talk about because her and I were the only ones talking and everyone else was just sitting there. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I yeah. love when that happens though. When you like- <laughs> Me too. Go down a path and you're not expecting it to be as impactful as it is. And yes. so you get in it and then you're like, oh my, I almost didn't do this. Or I- right. <laughs> Exactly. Now, here's the other funny thing, though. I didn't start a business then, even though I was so interested in it. It really it just made me see that I was interested in it, but I didn't yet feel I want to do this. Now, for the next couple of years, if anytime I met a business person who was if I had an idea and they were open to it, or even if they weren't open to it, I would share ideas with them, especially if it was a struggling business. Yeah. And, and, and my husband was working for some small businesses. So he and I would talk about strategy and approaches and marketing and all that type of thing. And so it was still pretty much in the background though, because my main thing I was doing was environmental education or agriculture education. Science, I became a science teacher later. So it's, I was working in the nonprofit and education world right. and I wasn't at all thinking about business. But when my daughter was born, I was planning to be a homesteader, have a huge garden and just stay at home with her and craft and do the stay at home mom life. And pretty quickly into it, I realized this is not making me that happy. I feel kind of bored. Yeah. And, and I met a bunch of other moms. So it wasn't just her and I, but I still felt, I mean, unfulfilled is like the most basic way to say it. And I thought, I know that I don't want to feel this way. So what can I do instead? So I started thinking about, well, I need something that's just for me. That's not about this mom life or this homesteading life. And so um, I started freelancing and picking up contracts, doing writing and editing and some education stuff. And then that segued into my first real business, which was being an organic garden coach. And I would coach people on, I taught classes and I would go to people's homes and help them troubleshoot. Where should I put my garden bed? How far apart should I put the plants? Help me come up with the plan for where they go and when to plant them and how do I care for them? And why isn't this, tree growing or why is this a good place for this shrub and mostly vegetable and herb garden focused on but I help people with flowers and other things too and so I did that part-time for a number of years and I really loved it and was good at it and it felt like it was taking off quickly but it also as much as I enjoyed it I was still there were a couple things going on. One, I was still very shy about, I didn't really know how to be a business person that fit with me. Mm. And I, I felt very uncomfortable promoting myself and putting myself out there. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I had an Instagram account and, and um, was posting in Facebook groups and, and doing workshops and I was getting good traffic but I also kept on feeling nervous to be that visible. It just, it yeah. was a, it was a big discomfort for me. Yeah. And, and so that combined with the fact that 
gardening is very seasonal, at least where I live. And so it felt like it was a real big boom or bust. And, and I didn't want to have something that ramps up and is super crazy and intense for two months. Yeah. And then it tapers off and then there's nothing for four to six months. And, and it just felt like not in balance for how I wanted my life to be. I wanted something that was a little bit more consistent. Yeah. And so throughout this, I started realizing that when I would meet with a client, especially one-on-one, some of the time it was really, I had called myself a garden coach, but I realized that coaching aspect of it was becoming more pronounced than the garden part of it or it was equally me giving them permission to start something new it's okay if you fail everybody has plants that die the number of times I've said that to people I'm like I've been doing this for many years I still have plants die every year yeah it doesn't mean I'm a failure it's just part of the package yeah (laughs) oh that's so important and that's so key like in all aspects of our life, right? Mm-hmm. You want to have things that don't go the way that you had planned them to go. That's exactly. You're a failure. It's a hundred percent. Okay. It's a hundred percent normal. And it happens to all of us. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so what I started thinking too, and it really was intuitive calling, but the, this voice started speaking from within me that was saying, you got to do more and not more in a way of like, I want more, (laughs) but (laughs) more in a way of there's more people you can help who don't care about gardens or, you know, they might like their garden, but they're not going to get really into it, but maybe they need help moving from this job that doesn't feel good to a job that feels like a beautiful garden that you're happy to walk in the garden gate. You're happy to walk in the door at your new job or a relationship, you, you want to yeah. find out how to make your relationship better. And so I, I really ignored this intuitive calling for probably two years and just kept on being like, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't want to do that. I don't have any Why do we do this? Why training do we do this or experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. Cause I've had a very similar situation with my business yeah. where I felt really called into, and I, I hesitate, like I hesitate using the word coach because I'm mm-hmm. not certified, you know, I've not gone through any, but like, I felt extremely called to be more of like a business mentor mm-hmm. because so many times they just need that little push. They need mm-hmm. permission. They need someone to hear their ideas and just be supportive. Yes. And push them kind of in the right direction. And so I mm-hmm. totally relate to that. Um, and so I'm kind of dealing with that. <laughs> I don't know that I'm, well, maybe I am ignoring it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to trickle more into my offers a little bit. But yeah. that's, that's such a thing. Like we start feeling called to something and a lot mm-hmm. of times we're like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. And I, okay. So I'll come back to this, this calling that we feel. So I put it aside for two years and who knows, maybe if, if you don't do it right away, but it keeps on feeling like it's speaking to you, then, then it probably is a thing. Yeah. Uh, I do feel to some degree, we can always continue to say no if we want to, (laughs) but saying yes has its own 
levels of enjoyment, new exciting things that you'll never realize. Just like this business class that I took, I never realized the doors that would open for me in terms of interest level because I did something that was very outside of the norm of what I thought I was into in any way. Yeah. And so, so when I first started doing life coaching and, and helping people to connect to their intuition and, and feel more confident about themselves and their decision-making first, I just put out the word to people. I know coaching for coffee, you'll meet me, buy me a cup of coffee and a pastry. Cause that's kind of my love language <laughs> and, and I'll coach you for 30 to 45 minutes and we'll just see what happens. Cause I didn't have training or certification. I had been a teacher for a number of years and I'm an older sister and I, I feel very grounded in what I know. And I've listened to my intuition a lot over the years and really honed that ability. So I felt confident in that way, but I didn't, I didn't know any coaches at this point. I feel like coaching was still very, it was, I'm sure it was there, but it was a lot smaller. I didn't see it a lot in the media and, and other places. So I coached a few people and it went amazing. And even the first woman that I coached, I started realizing the conversation we were having was related to a past life of hers. And I thought, wow, I didn't think I was going to go here. It wasn't what, in my mind, it's more like personal development, habits, personal growth, all that. And here I'm sitting with her and I'm saying, you had this past life, which is affecting your current life. And that's this, this phrase, this idea that you keep on repeating to yourself, which is keeping you scared and stuck. Mm -hmm. And And it really connected for her. And I just thought, I had no idea that was going to come up in this session. But even then, I I still didn't lean into the more spiritual parts of my coaching. For a while, I felt really uncomfortable with having that. Again, back to this thing with me being visible. I just didn't want people to think I was weird. It's, gosh, that is such a thing. It's so hard. I mean, even... Mm -hmm. Like here I am like a digital marketer. Like my whole business is based around like showing up and presenting yeah. yourself to the world. And I struggle with it too. I a hundred percent struggle with it. And my thing is always like, I want to make sure I'm showing up super authentically. Mm. And so if I'm not feeling particularly inspired or, you know, whatever on a particular day, I like, I just don't post because mm-hmm. I have to feel super aligned when I'm doing it. So I totally get that. Like that, that is such a thing. It, you know, we, we, it's hard putting yourself out there to the entire world yes, in all aspects. And like, particularly with our businesses, because these businesses are so close to our hearts and souls. And then we Mm -hmm. bear it to the world and we sit there like, oh God, what if they hate it? (laughs) Or like, (laughs) bad things. Or what if I get a troll? Like, we think about those things and it, it can be so debilitating, but I think, and I think you'll agree with me on this it comes down to like honoring ourself and our intuition mm-hmm. and knowing mm-hmm. trusting into that and leaning into that as much as we can, because we know that as long as we follow that, like we're never going to be led astray. 
Yes, I agree. Exactly. And, and I think it helps sometimes to have another person who's not you or who's not me, a person outside of yourself, who's giving you that perspective. So uh, recently, one of the words that I use when I'm sharing about what I do is a psychic. And so some of the people who've gotten psychic readings lately, they come to me and and I tell them what I'm sensing and, and feeling. I give them their reading. Yeah. And so many times I've heard that that was my hunch, but I just didn't know what to think about it. Or my partner's been telling me those exact words you're telling me. And I think what's really cool, this is giving me tingles again, is it's one thing when it's in your own head or your partner sees this and says this or a friend and you're thinking, okay, well, maybe that's it. But it's like, here I am, a perfect stranger, essentially saying the exact same thing. Suddenly you start to realize, huh, maybe I actually should go for this thing because it's I'm getting more and more evidence to the fact that my intuition is speaking so loud. It's not just the people who know me. Somebody who doesn't know me can hear the exact thing going on. That speaks, it's like, it speaks so loudly when we hear it. Mm-hmm. somebody else but at the same time it's so wild to me that we usually believe ourselves last mm. when we get a hunch about something or when we get a feeling and we like shop it around to different people before we can sometimes land on our own truth right which is usually the exact same thing that we thought initially but it's like mm-hmm. and so I gosh I have been going through that so much lately like learning how to because I I was really disconnected from my intuition for years Mm. and I have really been coming back home to myself recently Mm -hmm. and reconnecting with that. And it has been such a journey. And there are some days where I still don't feel, I'm like, like I'll feel something. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know that I should. And then, then the, the limiting beliefs and all of the other crap starts coming in and it's like, it just derails me, but it's, it's so like, it's just so wild to me that just, you know, listening to ourselves and how we sometimes just don't, we just turn away from that, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful thing that there are people like you and other, you know, women and coaches and psychics and spiritual mentors who can help us reconnect with that. Yes. And I, and it's available to everyone. And, you know, when you were mentioning the shopping around, I've had a few clients who I told them, for the next week, you're not allowed to ask anyone else their opinion about <laughs> what you're doing, what you're wearing, what you're going to, whatever. And, and usually when I say that, the person's like, what do you mean? I have to do that for a whole week. I don't know if I can do that. And I, and I say, I'm giving you something this extreme because you're so used to looking to everyone else and not giving yourself the time and the credit to see how you actually feel and think. That is so beautiful because (laughs) you clear that chaos and the Uh noise from everyone in your life and really rely on yourself. It's like you stop and you think you're like, wow, what do I really think about this? Or what Uh do I want to do here? Or how do I think I should respond to this person or situation? Yes. And it like, that opens up so many doors for you in terms of growth. And that is something I used to be that person. I, something shitty would happen to me. 
And I would have to talk it out with all of my friends and family members. And it would be an entire day and a half of my life gone. Yeah. Like all this energy zapped. I'm like, I don't have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I do this? Because I was like keeping that negative energy alive and like trying to figure out what to do. And I was literally talking it to death. Mm -hmm. And last year I just kind of stopped and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see, and something I've been doing a lot in my life is just getting curious about things. Mm, yeah. I just stopped. I'm like, you know what, what would happen if I didn't talk to all of these people about this bad thing that happened or this nasty email I received or whatever it was, you know, what if I didn't, and what if I just let it sit with me and then I decided how I wanted to respond or react to this particular situation. That has brought me into my power so much. Yes. And now I've realized like, I actually don't need anybody else's opinion. I don't need yes. to talk it out to anybody else. I have all the answers. Everything I need is literally inside me. And I don't need to go to anybody else to justify that or to, to get the permission for that, because that's something that I now know again. Yeah. And that's just, that's been a crazy realization for me. It, it's, and it's been, it's been beautiful. And I'm just like, I sit back and then I'm like the amount of time I've wasted in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's a waste, but maybe it isn't like there is a time and a place for venting yes. and for going through what we're going through. 100%. And I also think I know that when when you stop doing that and you and you return back to your power it's okay that it used to be different and probably for for a lot of us even the next thing that we do that's out of our comfort zone that's a really big change or leap we might then do that we might connect with others and and get curious and vent or however it shows up because we're not yet feeling that place of in our own power and listening to our own intuition. And so it's okay. And I also think it'll, it's, it's in my experience, not like a one and done thing. I, I feel really secure about my intuition, but in terms of like my parenting, for example, not very secure about that. <laughs> a lot about that. Working through my own stuff about that. <laughs> so uh, the journey, you'll probably right? never see me be a parenting coach or a parenting spiritual mentor. I mean, who knows? Maybe five to ten years from now when I've worked through it. But it's one of those things where all day long I feel in my power and really confident in my intuition about certain things and then there's certain things where I'm just like I don't know and I'll figure it out somehow some way and uh I I do think most people they never unless you have someone in your life so my parents were were into spiritual stuff growing up they talked to us they didn't use the words intuition necessarily but my mom was always talking about don't give your power away to other people and owning your own power. And, and so it stuck with me. And so I would use my intuition, tune into it, make decisions based on my intuition. 
And, and then there've been times in my life where for years I didn't really rely on it. Now I rely on it a lot, but if, if you've never explored it or experienced it, then most of us don't have a reference point for, well, how do I learn how to do this or who else in the world is sharing about it? Because I think there are a lot of people who do it, but they don't always talk about it because it's not a thing that we have a lot of words for to communicate about. And because it's not like a computer or a rock or my mouse or my shirt, I can't just point at it and be like, well, that's a shirt. Nobody can argue with me. That's a shirt. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. And I, I felt that too, because I was disconnected from it for so long. Like if I couldn't get a hold of one of my people, when I was going through something, uh-huh. I would like reach almost panic level. I'm like, I just, I, what do I do? Like, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I have to talk to somebody because I, I can't rely on myself to figure this out. <laughs> first. Like this is dangerous territory I'm in. <laughs> and so it was a learning process to get back to that. Um, but I, I had that reference point because I had had it before. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't imagine how much more difficult that would be for someone who has never had that reference point, who's maybe never, you know, had any kind of um, connection with their intuition and just are mm-hmm. starting from scratch. Like I, I, I'm sure that's extremely difficult to do. Yeah. And, and I also think one thing that I do when I'm like when I'm getting back into it, let's say, or that people can do is just start small and start in little ways of yeah. listening to your intuition yeah. and yeah. paying attention because there's a lot of things in the world that want to tell you their way. And even though we're both in business, it's like ads are all over the place telling us what to buy and what to think I and know. what to do. I know. And, 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 but having time and space to tune into well, what do you think? And what do you want? How do you feel? I, one of the most powerful things I think about a gratitude practice is it's really personal to each of us. If, if you make it that way, like if you focus on the actual things in your life that you're grateful for, it's, it, it reminds you of, okay, well, these are my thoughts and my feelings and where I'm coming from and the things that I'm grateful for. Cause there's probably certain things that I'm grateful for that other people would think, I don't care about that at all, but I want these other things. And yeah. I'm grateful that I have, you know, I, I'm not sure what, but yeah, no, that's, that's true. Like, but I think the importance of that you know, even if, if someone is acknowledging, you know, oh, well, flowers don't really make me happy. I just think of bugs and I don't like, bugs. Mm-hmm. you know, some, right. but it gets them thinking about what does make them happy. Exactly. And so, and, and that is, I swear being mindful of what we are thankful for and the things that we have gratitude towards in our lives is like the for me at least, has been the fastest way to like joy Mm -hmm. and just like pleasure. Because when I, 
and it's so true. I mean, energy attracts energy. When you focus on the good things, when you focus mm-hmm. on the things that are good, it just more good things keep presenting themselves. Mm-hmm. And it becomes easier to see the good things over the bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I've, I've really been loving this new gratitude practice of mine. And I, I'm very glad that just this morning and that tapping into my intuition, it was just like a little voice said, you know, instead of the three kind of goofy, silly questions, what have you asked people and your guests on your podcast? What if you asked them what they were thankful for? Yeah. Well, it's a perfect way to, I feel like it can, it's having a start with the same energy of open, exuberant, curious, animated, but in a really grounded kind of way too. And another thing that I want to share is I keep on thinking about uh, having time to, or creating the time, finding the time Mm. to listen to your intuition or to create the space in your life to do that, I think is one of the big pieces of it. Because for me, if I'm running from thing to thing to thing, I don't have time to listen to my intuition or hear it. I'm just focused on driving my car, getting through the thread light, buckling my kids into their car seats, going to the next place, doing the next thing. Yeah. And there's no time. And it, I love music. I love podcasts. I love books. But if I consume them constantly, when do my thoughts get to come out? Yeah. When, do, when do I get to hear what's happening? And so I try and find time every day and multiple times a day where there's more quiet space. It doesn't mean that it's silent, but I'm not, even if I'm going to listen to music, there's, I want to have a time where I'm not listening to anything that's stimulating, or I've heard it so many times that my mind can go to another place. And I have a program called Nourish with Nature that's about having a daily nature practice of getting quiet and observing nature. Because when we tune into our senses and have that quiet time, it can really ground us and we feel secure, we feel calm. And also what I think is going to happen is if you make these changes that you're talking about, I, I'm thinking about the people that you used to call to, to vent about. Some of those people might leave your life or your relationship is going to change if you change how you're interacting with them. Yeah. And, and that can feel a little bit alarming (laughs) and uh, it can be triggering. I know for me, it's triggering if I think, oh, if I do something, I'm going to lose people. But when I am sitting out in nature and I get really calm, I I keep on returning to this sense of safety and groundedness. And I think, okay, I, I got my trees, I got my bushes and flowers and bees buzzing around. And I think, I, I can do this. If, if me making a change means some people are moving away emotionally or whatever, or things are going to change, as long as I can give myself daily time to reconnect to my center and what I'm grateful for and my values, I can move through whatever change is coming. Uh, that's so beautiful. And that brings up such an important point, which is the challenge now, which is mm-hmm. in the history of the world, probably why it's so challenging, why so many people struggle with, with connecting to themselves again, because we are constantly in content overload. 
everything. Yes. We get in the car, there's the radio. We walk into a room, there's the television. We get on yeah. our phones, it's social media. And I'm saying this as a social media <laughs> but it's, and I, I've experienced that very recently where it was just like, oh my God, I, I was like, I, I was, it felt like an, an addiction that I couldn't stop. I was constantly scrolling on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this has got to stop because I was feeling like frazzled and just like, and so it's so hard, but in the, the time, you know, mm-hmm. that's the number, particularly with women, you know, they're taking care of their families, their kids, their, their careers, they're this, they're that. And they're like, oh, I don't have time. I've got to, I've got to be all these things for all of these other people. Mm-hmm. And they're not able to be what they need for themselves. Yes. But the beautiful thing about this is that you don't need a ton of time to get mm-hmm. started with this. Exactly. This gratitude practice that I have started takes me less than a minute. Mm-hmm. And I just jot down three things, but it's the fact that I've started it. And so it's going to keep growing. And as, as it develops and as I progress with it, I know I'm going to give more time to it because I'm going to yeah. see the benefits of it. So it's just going to be growing. So, you know, anyone listening, if you are struggling with finding that time for yourself to mm-hmm. tap into your thoughts and not be bombarded with every, everybody else's thoughts in the world, literally yeah, you know, start small baby steps. You don't have mm-hmm. to do an hour long meditation right now. Oh yeah. It's so overwhelming. That's overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. Take 30 seconds, take 60 seconds mm-hmm. of the morning, right before you get out of bed. I exactly. Know you have 10,000 things to do and maybe you do, but not right that second. Right. And I a hundred percent agree. My nourish with nature nourish your soul with nature. It's a five to 10 minute practice, which is more than 30 seconds. But, but I, but I know even a few minutes of looking at plants, well, science shows that it makes us happier. Yes. But most people would say, yeah, actually I do feel happy. You know, maybe not if I'm mowing the lawn, but <laughs> a few minutes of looking up at the sky and seeing the clouds floating and um, I'll do it when I'm driving around. I'll, I'll look. Another thing I've started doing is some of the time when I'm doing, if I'm getting ready in the morning, brushing my teeth, washing my face, putting on mascara, I have a few stickies on my mirror, but I also think this could be a moment where I'm practicing self-love and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking today's a good day. Look at my smile, you know, and using that, the times in which I'm already doing something instead of letting thoughts go down some random path, which, okay, my thoughts still (laughs) do go down a random path. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not at some pinnacle of achievement there. Uh, And, and I don't rarely do, I do close to an hour meditation. I do three to five minutes a day, every day. And I will sometimes do multiple meditations a day. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes on the weekends I'll do more, but I, Uh, I try and find it in the little ways. And another thing that I do, which is a little bit of a whole bigger topic is I work with my nighttime dreams a lot. And Mm. what I find that's really cool about them is your nighttime dreams can show you a lot about yourself because they're each personal to each one of us. Mm. And I don't have to schedule in any time to dream. It just happens. (laughs) And And I can think about my dreams as I go about my day, as I'm 
putting coffee in the microwave, as I'm setting the table, as I'm driving somewhere before I get on a call. I can do it in the random moments. I can be thinking, huh, well, what do I think about that dream from last night and this person who was in there? And that's one of my other practices of working with my intuition. And I have a course and I'm working on a book. That's a little bit of a, I don't know when the deadline for the book is. I haven't set my deadline yet because it feels a little bit of a big project. So it's not going to be a long book. Uh, I'm hoping it to be like a two or three hours. You can read it in two or three hours and then you're done. But yeah, thanks. But working with your dreams can be a thing that you can do that, as I said, it does not take that much more time out of your day. And it can show you amazing things about yourself and your life that you didn't even realize were there. Uh. I, I love that so much. And I, I actually, I forgot that. But now that you mentioned the dream, you and I have had some conversations about yes! dreams. <laughs> I, I have some crazy dreams a lot of times and I will have um, dreams with random animals. Mm. A lot of, of meaning. And I think they're, they're kind of like messengers in my dream mm-hmm. about stuff yeah. about my life. And I find dreams fascinating. I love them so much. I wish I knew more about them. Mm. Um, Well, I have a dream class. By the time the podcast is going, it'll already have happened for July, but I'm also going to try and set it up so it can be, you take it whenever you want to. And then periodically I'll have a dream circle where everybody who's taken it can come together. And I, I've been a lifelong dreamer. I mean, okay, most of us have dreamed all our lives, but I've been writing down my dreams and still have dream journals from when I was a child and have been working with my dreams for years. So I teach people how to remember them, how to interpret them for yourself, because I think there are books that you could Google, what does it mean if I dream about a lion? But (laughs) if I love lions and you think lions are scary, it's going to be different for each of us. That's so important. Yeah. That's something you don't think of. Cause I do the same thing. I'll be like, okay, I, I will have, I had a really weird dream of a black snake. Mm. Very odd for me. Like I don't have a particular kinship to any kind of snakes. I don't hate them, but Mm -hmm. I like, they're not something that I'm like, Oh, I love snakes. You know, that's that's the thing with me. And so I like Googled it. And of course you get so many random things come up, but that sounds like an amazing program. Um, Yeah. And I've made it really affordable uh, because I think uh, I have two minds of it. Sometimes I'm like, this literally can change your life and it will be in your life forever. So on the one hand, I'm like, I could charge thousands of dollars because it it, for me has saved me thousands of dollars. And I'm not even exaggerating of, of multiple decisions I've made and things I've done. It's kept me and my family safe and all kinds of things from my dreams. But I also feel that uh, I want the teacher's heart of me wants to teach people and make it available to more people. So yeah, yeah, but I, so one brief thought I'll have about the black snake, because sometimes you could Google, what does a black snake mean? And you actually might get something that feels helpful. And what I, let's say somebody listening is like, oh, well, I dreamt of red cars. I've been dreaming about red cars and maybe they'll Google that. And 
But if you read something and you it hits you in a certain way, that could be a sign to you, okay, that's that's what this is for me. Yeah. And and you might also think about are there other cultural things? Like, so for you, it's not positive or negative, but what else? Like for me, when I think of black snake, I think about power. I also think if we see a snake, we're going to pause. Yeah. We're going to respect it (laughs) because even if it's not venomous, who wants to mess with a snake? Exactly. Exactly. Um, And, and sometimes what I find that can be fun is maybe it just, gets me looking for something and opening up my eyes to be noticing the world around me in a different way. More awareness. Yes. And that, even if you're never like, oh, well, I had that dream and then these five things happened and isn't life amazing. You might not be able to quantify it in that kind of way, but if it brings more awareness to you in your daily life, that in itself is a massive benefit. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because I dreamt about it. And then like four or five days later, um, I went for a hike and I saw two snakes on the hike, which I don't mm. really see. And one of them, yeah. was, one of them was a black snake. Oh, was, Ooh, what is this? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was, it was really kind of crazy. Um, but as we wrap up here, um, share with our listeners, and people watching on YouTube, uh, where they can find you. Um, mm-hmm. I know you are on Instagram, but what mm-hmm. about um, other? Yes, and I have a YouTube channel, and I generally post weekly. I'm I'm getting more into posting weekly. I used to post weekly, and then I took a break. Sure. But I'm getting back into posting there weekly, and on Instagram I post much more frequently, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. And my website is rachelstravelli.com. I send out weekly reminders of YouTube videos that are up. I'll I'll create worksheets sometimes, or handouts for gratitude, or if you're working with forgiveness, or about your dreams. And as I said, I have a dream course that's running pretty soon but go ahead and check out my website and click on there's a tab that says dream because i'll run it periodically because it's very popular and it is life transforming and life affirming and if you want to work with your intuition but you also feel i don't know if i have a ton of time or what i want to do about it it's a really fun way to explore this side of yourself and your life and just be curious. Oh my gosh. I love, I love this so much. Well, I am definitely going to find you on YouTube for sure. And we'll sign up for your email list because I I love those like little weekly, weekly things from people. So that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, Rachel, I can't thank you enough for being on. This was such a a magical chat. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, You have shared so and this is the most beautiful thing about when I interview, you know, I, as, as, as we discussed before I even started recording, you know, I don't have a script. Like I don't, I don't ask certain questions. I don't have a set amount of questions that I ask people because, because of this right here, it flows and it takes its own direction and becomes its own theme and the stories and what you end up sharing, like that comes out of it. Like, it's just amazing. So thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I shared some things 
uh, about the business class. I don't know if I've talked about that before, but oh, that just came out of me because yeah. I thought of it today. <laughs> I, I love that. And that's what I love so much about this because, you know, you don't know until you start talking, like what is going to come out. And I think that that in and of itself is intuition, you know, mm-hmm. it's telling you at that moment, you should share this. And yeah, exactly. Beautiful. So thank you again. And thank you to all of my listeners. I appreciate all of you so much and stay tuned for the next episode that will be dropping every single Friday.